0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there and I hope you're looking forward to Christmas. Uh, Believe it or not, 24-7 I love to give my children gifts. It doesn't matter what day of the year it is. Any time I can make my wife and children smile is a good day for me. And of course, I'm not against the idea of receiving gifts. Uh, some people out there have actually asked me, Brett, how can I hook you up with some gifts? Well, I got a Christmas list link in the uh, description if you're interested or you could support me by purchasing a t-shirt or many of the things I have in merchandise on my store. It's all good if that's something you want to do. You're not obligated to just by leaving comments like you love me and I'm a wonderful person that really builds up the ego and makes me feel like continuously doing this stuff. Well, as many of you know, I've been hanging out with the Muslims quite a bit. I have a favorite Muslim that I enjoy hanging out with that used to be a former atheist, former Christian, and former whatever. He calls himself E.A. Dawah. I've enjoyed my conversations with him I've had he's uh he's the type of person where because he's been a part of other faiths and he's also been an atheist I think he and I can relate and identify and we understand the importance and significance of questions and uh, why people would ask the questions that they're asking he can basically he has the um the skill the ability to be able to see where i'm coming from as a christian and he also knows understands where i'm coming from whenever i talk about old former atheist views so whenever he gets into a discussion with christians he knows where they're coming from and he also knows where atheists are coming from whenever he's in a discussion with them and it's a it's a very um, fascinating conversation however he uh, hangs out in a lot of other Muslim rooms and I tried those out because I seen him on the screen and I assumed if I go in there he's going to be hanging out with uh, Muslims who are as open minded and decent as he is. Now I'm not trying to say that the Muslims that were in there were not decent, but I didn't like their their debate style, I didn't like their discussion. And the reason why is I felt like I was in a room with a bunch of atheists. Atheists who like to mock religion and mock people's Bible and all that. Um, As where I try to show nothing but consideration and respect for Muslims and Islam, I think some of the mockery is, well, to be plain and straightforward with it, I think when a Muslim mocks the Bible, it sounds stupid. I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I had a Muslim who went on a 10-minute rant inside the room who said that the book of Matthew is silly because it claims that God rose the dead from the ground, um, that it rose the prophets of old from death, and then brought them up into heaven with him. And of course, according to Matthew, there were witnesses who claimed they seen the dead actually rise. As most of you know, in the book of Revelation, it says the dead will rise from the seas and all kinds of neat resident evil type of stuff will happen. You can look all throughout the Bible and you'll see where the dead are raised. You'll see Jesus Christ be raised, Lazarus be raised. But you got a Muslim who's saying, "Ah, that's ridiculous, it's stupid that Christians actually believe in the story of Matthew because... um, It is claimed in the passage that um, this happened now of course it's going to be difficult a challenge to historically prove that the dead walked the earth like that what Matthew's talking about but it's also equally difficult and challenging to prove the passages that claim that Allah brought the dead back from the grave in fact there's a passage that says that there was a man that was dead for almost 200 years or more and God brought him back to the earth. There are passages where Allah actually transforms humans into creatures. There are passages where Allah does extremely um, supernatural things that would be extremely challenging for our modern man to try to um, uh, presuppose actually even happened. That's one of the reasons why the Quran, as well as the Bible, is referred to as a holy book, inspired by God, as where the Muslims, of course, think that it directly came from God himself, like he actually wrote it down. Of course, they have to admit that Prophet Muhammad himself was actually the one who put together the words. And some would argue that there was a literacy issue of Muhammad, but he came forth. I tried to explain repeatedly why the Bible has the value that it does for me and I uh, pointed out a question to them that it seemed like the Muslims did not like their book actually declares that a crucifixion happened but they claim that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ never happened their book claims that Jesus Christ died and rose their book also claims that God had Jesus ascend to them. Now, the Bible also says that Jesus died, and he rose, and then he came up. The only difference between the Quran story and the story of Christianity is that Christianity is convinced that the Son of God, Jesus Christ, actually died on the cross, was beaten to a pulp, that he, his mother was there to mourn him, and the disciples witnessed in horror as Jesus Christ was done like this. We have all these intricate stories of how the Romans responded, how the Jews responded, how the Pharisees responded, and we have an archive of the disciples talking about their experience, their engagement um, with Jesus Christ and his family. The Bible has enormous amounts of information telling you from the moment Jesus was born to the moment he dies, who he was associated with, who he engaged, what part everybody had in working with Jesus Christ's ministry. The Quran, unfortunately, does not have a lot of this material in it. It doesn't tell you how Mary responded or reacted at the cross, which was one of the questions that I brought up. You see, they claim that Allah according to them, did some kind of deceptive act, making it appear as though another man was crucified, but having the appearance of Jesus Christ. Now, they may not think that that's deceptive, but to me, the idea of God um, causing billions of people throughout history to believe in Jesus and that he died on the cross, where their God is claimed to just simply make a man appear to look like Jesus is unusual to me, and I can understand why they wouldn't want to have too long of a discussion about that. Because they're basically saying that their God did some supernatural ability to hide Jesus' identity and put another man in his place to die. You see the issue? But it was important for me to ask the question, Where was Mary during this, according to the perception of the Quran? Where was she at? As we know when we read the Bible, we could see that Mary wept. She cried. She held her son in her hands. She watched him up there on the cross, and it was tearing her heart out. It was horrible for her to experience that. Whether you believe Jesus is God, the Son of God, or merely a prophet of God, she was a mother who brought this baby into the world and took care of it. The Quran doesn't have anything on it, so whenever I ask them what was Mary's reaction or response to the crucifixion of some forgery that they claimed to have happened, they had nothing for me. Instead, they tried to go on what I call a dodge-and-weave tactic. It's something that atheists do all the time where they start mumbling on incoherently about things that I never even talked about or wasn't even in a discussion about. And that's where the mockery of the Bible came up where they started talking about the validity and credentials of the Bible. They still don't seem to understand me on an intellectual level whenever I say that the Bible was recorded more closer to the time in which Jesus Christ existed as where their book was written 600, 700 years later and lacks a great deal of information that the Bible does have and that has been historically proven. I suppose they think I'm just as dumb as some of the non-believers they've debated in there, or they think that I'm just another Christian who hasn't taken the time to read my own Bible to get an understanding or comprehension of it. It's true that there's a lot of things that some most Christians believe in that I have different views and ideas on. It is true that not all Christians think alike. There's a lot of Christians out there who share a lot of the same views as me, but for whatever reason, they feel peer pressured by other Christians not to speak out or talk about what they're into because they don't want to find themselves in conflict or debates or discussions is where me i encourage it i encourage people to question debate me and try to correct me but there's one thing i do not like whenever i'm in a debate with an atheist a christian or a muslim i do not like it whenever i bring up topics or points And then someone goes on a 10-minute rant trying to put the audience to sleep about things that I never even brought up or what I've even talked about just so they can get around the concept of what I've asked. And it angers an audience, too, whenever a person tries to stay on focus, when a person says, but this is what I want to know. My first response that I got from a Muslim in the room was terrible. It was awful. The Muslim said, It doesn't matter what Mary responded or reacted, but of course it matters. Of course it's important. People would want to know what the mother of Jesus would have felt by seeing a forgery on the cross or Jesus Christ himself. That's a very significant event in Christianity as well as what Islam has had to deal with. I also, the last time I had a conversation with Muslims, I brought up Judas and what is his responsibility or assignment in the Quran. There is barely nothing having to do with Judas and his position. There is barely anything having to do with the association of the disciples in that book. There's a lot of material missing. So it finally got to the point while I was talking to these Muslims where they started pulling the fear tactic that some Christians have used on me as well as other people of other faiths and all that, which when people do this, I believe they are intellectually destroyed when they do this. The guy basically started telling me that Well, the Quran is the true way, it's the way to go, and you only get one chance at this life. So, basically in a polite way, he told me, you're going to be screwed if you don't accept what we're going with. (laughs) I've only been in, it's uh, been quite a while since I've hung out with Muslims. I used to hang out with them all the time in the past. But I've only been on like three or four shows at this point. And most of them have been E.A. Dawa's channel called The Hot Seat, where he has people come in. For people to expect someone who has spent their life in America or has believed in certain things and all that to just change overnight, it's just intellectually unfeasible. It's not a. I, I don't know what they think, that I'm just going to be hit by the Spirit or on the road to Damascus, I'm going to instantly just jump over to Islam or become a Muslim or something like this. I've already pointed out several times to Christians as well as people of faith that I believe that there is a connection between the God of the Quran as well as the connection between the Bible. I believe that there's a reason why the Abrahamic faiths are relevant with Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. I already believe that Muslims have a point and that they have valid things that they can say about the text. But when the fear tactics start coming out, when people are telling me that my questions are not important and it doesn't mean anything, and they just want to preach and sermonize at me, I get bored very easily. I do. I started feeling more and more like we weren't having a conversation, but I was going to have people doing this, and they continued to revert back to the Trinity, the Trinity, the Trinity, and I told them at the very beginning of the conversation that I don't associate Jesus as being the same entity as God. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still trying to figure that out. I've had many a Christians make videos to me and leave comments and passages on why it is they believe what they believe and I appreciate that. But there's just so much missing and lacking from the Quran. What do you believe the Quran is true and the Bible's incorrect? The point is, is that the Bible actually emphasizes and has strong concordance. It has the ability to be able to look into the towns and the cities and the and the actual people. It actually mentions people by name. It even shows you where on a map these locations are, all this issues. It tells you about the responses and the reactions of Jesus' family, his friends his followers, what he said during all these different ministries is whereas the Quran doesn't spend hardly any time on that, but it does hold to some of the claims that the Bible has, such as Jesus was born of a virgin, that there was a crucifixion, but it just wasn't Jesus. It was something else that was up on that cross that billions of people would end up following from then to now in our modern day. And they don't find that to be suspicious? Something unusual about that? Yeah, the moment that another religion starts dissing on another religion for supernatural claims, you lose me. You just completely lose my attention. I'm going to continue to talk to E.A. Dawa because I find him to be intellectually honest. But I cannot say that about Every Christian or every Muslim or every atheist I've ever ran into. In every group, there's going to be people out there who just do not have the intellectual fiber to be able to have a debate or a discussion or even focus on the topic. I've been in too many debates and discussions. I've seen it too many times where people run for the hills or they start babbling on incoherently about things that you didn't even say or bring up or put words in your mouth that are not even there. It makes me sad. It's disappointing. But I will stick around the Muslims who are able to actually carry a conversation, and be able to have a discussion, and not just want to sermonize forever and ever. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're having a wonderful day, and we'll continue to do more. I am thinking about opening up my own live chats, because I got to be honest with you, it's difficult for me to go on other people's shows where these folks just never take a breath. They just go on and on and on and on, that's one of my pieces of kryptonite, folks. If I were Superman, that would be my kryptonite. I cannot stand these long rants. When there's other people, when there's over 10 people who want to participate in a conversation, and you got one or two people that just take up the whole time, I can't stand it. So I'm going to probably end up having to do some live shows. What do you guys think about that? You guys would like to see God TV Radio live show back? on the air. Would you like to see that? Let me know in the comments. God bless.